Welcome to Learning Together, a Prairie South podcast hosted by Logan Petlack. This is episode eight. eight. Transportation featuring Lonnie Holmes. All right. Hi. Hello. Greetings. Energy Today is brought to you in part by my wonderful positive colleagues. Um, everybody I bumped into today was uh, happy and buzzing and it, you know, helped feed into my my good my good vibrations, good vibes. So thanks to a bunch of you at Riverview that I that I bumped into and interacted with. Unfortunately, nobody I literally bumped into today. I feel like I come flying around the corners out of offices and stuff. So yeah, thanks for thanks for not uh, being in the way of me as I'm humming around too. So yeah. Um, and I guess now, like I, I got to mention, like we're on episode eight now and I'm starting to get concerned that I might be getting redundant with these, what's bringing you my energy today. But, you know, I, I'm okay repeating myself if, if you're okay with it too. So there we go. Uh, feedback from people about recent episodes. We had the one most recently with Thurston, which uh, I, from what I've heard, it feels like one of the most uh, casual ones yet. Um, apparently, sometimes in interviews, I say I, I'm sorry a lot, um, which I... I didn't. I didn't apologize as much, I guess, with the Durston one and the the one on tap today too. I I think I said and stuff like that a lot more with Lonnie Holmes, but I I don't think I apologize very much. So at least I'm avoiding that. But um, from some other people too, I uh, they, they said it was funny. There's a lot of a lot of parts of laughing, but we also kind of talked about some really big picture topics in education. So I yeah, there's a good mix of humor with uh, bigger topics as a backdrop. So if you haven't heard it yet, please give it a listen. Thank you. Today. Our interview is with Lonnie Holmes, who is the transportation manager for Prairie South School Division. Um, basically, that entails just coordinates and works with uh, training staff, mechanics, bus drivers uh, of our division, and has some support staff as well that help him coordinate that. Um, and I guess normally I would elaborate more, like uh, as we kind of talk about the department spotlight sometimes, but I, I feel like Lonnie does a really good job covering a bunch of that in the interview. So I'll maybe I'll save some of those details for, for the interview and uh, avoid me talking so much about it. But... One of the big things, uh, obviously, with transportation, we talk a lot about one of my kids' favorite vehicles, the... Bush. Bush. And that was my kiddo saying the word bus, hopefully. I have to dub it in after the fact because I'm going to get it um, at a later point. But thank you, Cohen. Um, this, this is for you quick. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. Round and round, the wheels on the bus go round and round, all through the town. I should probably put that as maybe I'll just put it on a very quiet thing to the to the backdrop of the interview the whole time and see if you can hear it. I won't do that. That's distracting, and it's worth hearing what Lonnie has to say. But the why I include Cohen specifically, which uh, apart from the selfish reasons of just getting my kid on here, but... Um, I feel like this episode would land very well as a, as a parent with a child on the bus or soon to be on the bus someday because we, we talk about um, trust uh, in bus drivers and like the processes in which uh, transportation kind of shakes out in the division. So, um, and I feel like we throw out some good, uh, I hope some good uh, appreciation to the, to the workings of the transportation department, which is obviously a fundamental part of education as a whole, but also our, our school division specifically when it covers the, the vast stretch of land that uh, Prairie South School Division does in Southern Saskatchewan. So uh, with all that being said, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I know I really did enjoy the, the meeting with Lonnie and catching up with Lonnie. Um, and I hope you learned something new about the transportation department. Uh, and as much new stuff as I did, because I learned a lot. So let's go over to it. Hope you enjoy it.
Okay, so our guest today, um, I guess I want to start with pulled Tom Brady. Um, inter- retired for all of a couple weeks, once upon a time ago. I guess once upon a year and change ago from Central Collegiate as the vice principal there. And has now migrated into the, the transportation manager, transportation department of Prairie South Schools. Um, and I, I have this here. I don't know about the greatest of all time status like Tom, Tom Brady. was certainly an, an admirable and multi-talented contributor to learning in Prairie South. Throughout his illustrious career, um, I know you taught some shop classes. You were an administrator. I feel like you worked in the like down at the board office for a little while prior to transportation manager as well. But now our transportation manager, Lonnie Holmes, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much, Logan. I know <laughs> um, that's a, a bit of a, I want to say an overstatement when you start talking about Tom Brady. I was thinking more uh, maybe a Tom Wilkinson or someone like that from the Edmonton Eskimos, you know, from the 70s or something. <laughs> Got a little bit of success, but I'm not sure. Take the call. Hey. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the uh, a fair comparison, as it was, is what I was going to say. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, okay, Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay. Still a pro, though, still a professional. Yeah, yeah, so I guess, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Guy had um, a degree, I know that much. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, and we talked about this prior to recording, Lonnie, but um, like I, I know I... I mentioned like the shop being an administrator. I, I know you work in housing for a little bit there too, before coming over to transportation management or being the transportation manager. But um, what, what is your educational journey? Cause like, I, I know you mostly in a sports slash, like at the central <laughs> regard, but there's a, there's a, that was the end of your career sort of thing. Right. So, yeah. so how did you get there? Um, so uh, went to, Calgary out of high school. Um, I was a, uh, took the engineering uh, drafting diploma, um, two-year course. Uh, got that, uh, kind of admired my dr- high school drafting teacher. Kind of okay. really enjoyed what he did and just how he how he uh, kind of related to us. So I always thought he kind of had a, a neat job. And it, it kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, that took me down that path. So I was there for two years. Um, at the time, it was kind of like the way the oil industry is now, like in the, the mid-80s. And so probably so... So oil wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a lot of jobs. So okay. um, then I, I hearkened back to that teacher again and, and uh, thought, you know, he had a pretty cool job. So I thought that maybe that's what I would do is teach drafting. So went back to the U of S and got my industrial arts degree, which basically meant that I had the ability to teach pretty much all of the practical and applied arts. Okay. Um, the, the neat thing for me was uh, taking the, the engineering drafting courses. They teach you about all of the different areas kind of trade wise. Okay. Um, because they want you, if you're going to draw something, they want you to know what you're drawing. So we took electrical courses, we took construction courses, we took welding classes, we took machining classes, we even took concrete classes. Okay. So guy kind of had a pretty Pouring good... Pouring some Crete. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's where my son spends his summers now. <laughs> Pouring some Crete. But anyways, um, that that's how we kind of, that's how I kind of felt like I had a, a good base knowledge, okay. you know, to kind of start down that path as a practical and applied arts teacher. So, okay. so yeah. At, uh, and even some mechanics classes, which, you know, I look at what I'm doing now and there's some, not that I do a lot of that stuff, but at least I have a little bit of an understanding when people are talking about those things. Right. Okay. And I, I want to come back to that later because I want to try to put you on your heels in a little bit, but we'll see. So hopefully you didn't look too far ahead in the questions. But okay. um, so you're at Central, you're at Peacock for a while then. Yeah. Right? So I, I uh, my, my journey took me from the U of S. I went to Japan and taught English as a second language for two years, which, okay. you know, that seems like the direct path as a practical and applied arts teacher. You go straight yeah, to yeah, Japan and teach for logical. two years. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I taught over in Japan for two years, uh, traveled for a year, traveled around the world for a year, um, okay. just to, to be a young... Well, you can. Yeah, 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 exactly, before I came back home. Uh, came back home, worked as a therapist too, 
at uh, the Saskatchewan Hospital in North Balfour because I had a degree. They could hire me as a therapist, so okay. worked in industrial therapy where okay. they, they put together and built things. So I uh, started there. Kind of the timing of it was to not get a teaching job at that point. It just didn't work out right. And so uh, I did that for just about a year, and then I got a teaching job. My first teaching job is in uh, Maple Creek. Okay. Uh, taught down there for three years. Um, met my wife down there. Okay. Um, she went to Calgary. I went to Moose Jaw. Um, but uh, took her about six months to figure out that uh, uh, Moose Jaw was where she should be. Okay. And so uh, um, we got married. Got <laughs> right. married on New Year's Eve uh, in 1996, at the end of 96, started in 97. And uh, Karen moved to Maple Creek and been here since. Okay. And, uh, yeah, started, uh, I got the job at Central in the fall of 96. Um, and, uh, you know, I was at Central for, was there for 11 years. I went to Peacock for five at the board office for the practical and applied arts coordinator for a couple. Right. And Craig as an administrator for a year. And then the last uh, six were at Central as the vice principal. Okay. I might have to listen to that back. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that was like, that's a lot of stops. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's uh, not a straight line. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and, and different roles in different places, but uh, it's uh, been very rewarding all, yeah. all throughout. And I guess, like, diverse, too, in terms of, like, your experiences and stuff. Kind of, like, you mentioned, like, Crake, but, like, Crake, Maple Creek, like, all over southern Saskatchewan, a variety of roles. Like you right. said, the PAA. Yep. That was a that was a position before. That doesn't exist now, does no, it? No, no. They uh, they were just trying to find ways. And there's some, the neat thing is that there's some of those things that we created that are still in place. Like, they still offer uh, what's called magnet programming down in Kincaid and Mancota. Okay. And they bring kids from different schools together and teach them... Uh, they do commercial cooking and welding down there, which okay. are kind of two extremes. And it's just, again, part of that's the skill set of the people that they have down there. Right. But that was something that we had developed. Uh, um, you know, there's, so there's a few things that are still lingering on from that, but it was just to try and create some opportunities for all students in Prairie South. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a very rewarding job. And I got to know a lot of people. And I think that's kind of helped a little bit in the position I'm in now, right? Because I know a lot of the, the administrators, know some teachers, been in all the schools, been in the buildings, so... And, uh, you know, just have a, a good feel for what, what Prairie South looks like. Okay. And I, I guess just from, from listening to you there, and I just, this is me, like, maybe picking your brain. And I know you got involved in administration and transportation stuff eventually. But in terms of, like, philosophy then for you, like, I feel like what you just mentioned, like, uh, there's people who have, like, certain skills that allow for that in Kincaid and Code, et cetera. Right. But is that something that as you were finishing high school or something that's, like, very central to you? Like, I feel like you... Um, the phrase like jack of all trades comes to mind, but I don't want to say the master of none because I know you are exceptional in a lot of areas. But is that something that like being versatile is something that has been central to your your approach? Sort of because like given your resume, as we just covered, so like definitely versatile and like be able to like plop in and support kind of wherever the heck. I, yeah, I, I think part of it too is just that problem solving piece. It, it allows you the ability to kind of problem solve whatever the Across. problem may be. Yeah, kind okay. of kind of like you said, a diverse kind of scenario. I think. Most of it, if you if you look at it, still has a, a people, um, people based situations, right? Where okay. you're always dealing with people and trying to to help people in whatever scenario they're in. So okay. I think that's the 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 main cog in the wheel is 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 being at the the center of that is it just being able to help people in situations, whatever it may be, and um, that's kind of where it's kind of lent myself. I think. Okay. Um, not sure where that comes from. If my my dad was a pretty quiet person, my mom not so quiet. So hopefully it's a little bit of both. We'll make uh, sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, that's, and, and I, I think that's um, kind of way the path is kind of Worked curved up. that way, I Got guess, it. or whatever. I don't know if it's a curve because it's 
you curve too much, you'll turn end up the best same spot. So That's I'm not right. sure. Three rates make a left or whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We do that in transportation regularly. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, oh, um, and I will want to ask more specifically about that right away. But um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Karen. Yep. So Karen's a peacock, right? Yep. Yep. And she's just close to. She's got about four, four or five left, I think. Around okay. four years left. Four years yeah. left. Okay. Yeah. She's been there for. Uh, she's been there for over 10 years. She spent 10 years uh, in this building we're in right now at Riverview. Okay. Um, so, and uh, did a little bit of little bit of elementary time, you know, early in her career here in Moose Jaw here. Okay. She's a senior English teacher, but uh, yeah, she uh, spent, a, spent a year at Sunningdale. Um, spent a couple little little short terms, started off in, in, at Peacock, then went up to Sunningdale, then was over here for 10 years, um, and then back to Peacock for the last 10. So she's she's getting close to... Uh, the end, but uh, still has a little bit of time. So, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. And I, I want to shout out Krojanev quick. Um, <laughs> just so you, I got to teach Kroj. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've officially ever taught uh, your daughter, but um, I want, I wanted to work them in and just it, it. You talked about like the people and problem solving as a piece to it, and I know it's like sport has been something that's that you've been very involved with right. in Perry South yeah. as well. And I guess my brain is like making parallels between like was that something that influenced it too? But in terms of like sport and stuff growing up too, like you were you were a ball player a little bit, right? Yeah, play yeah. some hockey, play some puck, play some football, right? Yeah, just um, anything, just anything. Like, <laughs> I think as a kid, it was like. You know, I'm like you, I'm a bit of a morning person. So you wake up and it's like, what's going on? What can we do to, to entertain ourselves? Wasn't much when watching cartoons. So, right. you know, find a ball, find a puck, find something, play. Something to chuck or hit yeah, or, yeah. Anything to, <laughs> anything to get the blood flowing and have some fun. So, okay. um, yeah, but, but yeah, like those are, you know, uh, I think that's one interesting about, uh, when I worked at Central a bit with Steph Govan, um, you know, Steph's a, a very good hockey player. And yeah. I wasn't a very good hockey player. I was an average hockey player. Which Steph's so humble <laughs> that you would never know sort of thing. Yeah, but like exactly. Govan was a draft pick, everybody. If you don't know Steph Govan, the Jets drafted him, I think, in the seventh round. So Yeah, so, you know, you'd think that that's would have been what we talked about. We ended up talking about baseball way more. I don't know. There was just some parallels that we were both maybe, um, I guess maybe for me it was more of a parallel. Okay. Because it, we were on the same level in baseball, <laughs> couldn't yeah. talk hockey with him because yeah. it was a little different league than I was. Yeah. So, right. um, so we always, you know, chatted a lot about a lot about that sport, right? And, and some of the the fun times we had playing that sport and the people that we were around. And so, okay. but yeah, baseball played a little football in high school. Um, kind of probably had biggest influence on me until I got to Central in '96. Was Don Hodgins, the high school football coach in North Balford? There. Okay. Tr- tremendous person like he still coaches there he's 70 some years old wow. he went back and uh so i the neat thing for me was when i got into coaching and, and had gone through some things i got to coach against him in a senior bowl in regina and the neat thing is when you're coaching at the senior bowl is you you, you spend a lot of time with with the other coaches right. so it was just an awesome experience for me to kind of revisit that right. person so yeah super cool experience Okay, and so so are you from North Battleford that, originally? There that's, we go. That's where I would consider home. Born in born in Regina. Okay, uh, lived in Strasburg for six years of my life. Okay, so I've got a bit of Strasburg maroon in me. James Gallo always gives me a little hard time about that because that's where James Gallo's from. Okay, um, a couple of years in Cutknife and then into North Battleford for grade four to to twelve and beyond kind got of it. thing. So okay, you know, that's okay. that's the that's the live the life path, I guess. Okay, and you mentioned Govan, and that's uh, I guess that's where you and I most got to know each other was when you became uh, administrator over at Central. Yeah. Um, but uh, why why did you get involved in administration? Was I, the... It was is interesting because when I went to uh, 
uh, Peacock, um, one of the things we were, we were really working hard to try and create what's called a student build for Habitat for Humanity. Um, I was on the board for a little while with Habitat and uh, had gone to Winnipeg and saw what they had done there. And we just, you know, the, uh, the, the Moose Jaw group um, wanted to get rolling, but they wanted to do a community one first and totally understandable, and that was the right choice. Um, but at the same time, we were hoping to steer it that way. We just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't make it work. But uh, at the same time, someone kind of challenged me a little bit about uh, um, shop teachers or PAA teachers, and, and uh, um, I don't, I don't know if I say they're mystique or, but they're their makeup. And and uh, I think at that time, it kind of, I, I almost kind of looked at it like it was somebody challenged me to maybe take a next step somewhere. Okay. And so, so that when that practical and applied arts coordinators job came open, um, that was a little bit of a, a crack to step out of the, right. the classroom and maybe help a bigger picture. Okay. And so um, that, that really kind of, kind of lit a fire, you know I mean? Okay. To, to, to continue down that path, work with Barb Compton. Um, Barb Compton's from Assiniboine, just an yeah. amazing, amazing woman yeah. who uh, taught me a lot of, about, about, uh, just, you know, being real good at what you do and focusing on that and okay. all those other things will take care of themselves. And uh, again, I'm just another person who taught me how to treat people. Okay. And so uh, she, it was that, and that kind of, kind of took me and pointed me in that direction. And then, you know, started taking some classes, um, you know, towards my master's and, and uh, I think the people around me couldn't believe that a guy like me who, you know, shop guy's going to get his master's degree. What's that? Well, that? That doesn't happen, does it? And Got so, it. so I think there's a few more of them out there now that, 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 know that part of part of any role is is being able to lead in that role and and it doesn't matter what you do and right. so that kind of steered me in that direction and then job came open in Craig and I knew some kids from Craig through the hockey circles and okay it's just kind of a good fit and so jumped at that opportunity outstanding people out there had a great time okay. um you know there's still some really good people there you know that I know that I they were they're there when I was there and so that that's how that went and then the opportunity to come back into Moose Jaw you know kind of jumped at me and so yeah so we were lucky enough to get the role and uh had some kind of came full circle right from my time in Moose Job but to go back to Central and right so, right so yeah. that was yeah it was it was, a, it, was a, 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 it was an outstanding opportunity actually not yeah. just a great one so okay Okay. And I get like I, I the the word I I feel like I've heard serendipitous, be like <laughs> like but like very very fortunate to like have that oh, and come back to that sort of thing. So yeah, sure, and I sure. guess you got to be there when uh, it, was Ev th- you were you were there yeah for about a year and a half, year and a half. with okay. her yeah. Um, yeah so Which, great. how how is that teaching or like being an admin in the school with your own kid? Well, kids, uh, w- <laughs> Crozier didn't really matter, right? Okay. He just kind of did his thing, and you know every. Maybe once in a while they come in and look for a loony to buy you know, muffin money, right? They want to buy a muffin, so they're looking for a loony. So, so I remember setting uh, setting up Marine Merrifield with some loonies, so that I said, if I'm not around and my kids come looking for muffin money, Mo, here's some here's money. The for, here's the roll. Here's the roll of loonies, so you can <laughs> hand out muffin money. So, yeah, it, uh, but yeah, uh, it was it's it's so good just to kind of see them, right? Okay. And spend a, you know you don't you don't spend a ton of time around them, but you get to know them and get to know their friends too, which is right. kind of kind of a neat thing and. Uh, Ah, it was it was awesome, right? And so when that when that happened, and at the time when I took the job, um, we didn't know where Crozier was going to school. He hadn't decided then because okay. his buddies were torn a little bit. You know, they weren't sure where at school they were going to go to, and and so and whatever whatever cho- choice he made was you know Karen was at Peacock, I was at Central, and that was the right. two, one of the two, one of the of the two places he was going to choose. So uh, for us, it was win win. So, right, right. So, Somebody's uh, gonna yeah. yeah, yeah. So. So, so if we got them on here, would they feel the same way about having you in the school? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I, I don't think, uh, you know, there's times where they probably wonder. And 
the, the one thing is that, uh, you know, you try and hit them up for some info sometimes and they're smarter than that. They, there's no <laughs> way you're getting any intel from your own kids. Like, you Ain't no snitch. Mean? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. So it didn't matter how hard you beat their brow. Too bad. You, <laughs> you got to go talk to somebody else. So Got it. So, got it. No, okay. it, was, it was very enjoyable. Okay. Really enjoy the experience. Okay. So, um, so that, that's, that's to administration, but then, uh, and I know this is something that I've heard recently as I've talked to more people who retired, um, but some of the deductions from the paycheck are off of it after you come back after retirement. So that is something that I know, like some teachers will retire and then sub for like three, four, five years sort yep. of thing. And yep. your, your paychecks look a lot different and yep. stuff, but, yep. um, so you, you retired and then a couple months that I feel like I pulled up to Ninth Avenue sort of thing and I see you there rolling up sort of thing. I'm like, what are you doing here? And I feel like you hit me with the same, what are you doing here? But um, yeah, and then lo and behold, a little bit later, transportation manager Lonnie Holmes, how did, how did that uh, come into place and how, how has that been, I guess, thus far? Um, I think, you know, like I, when I stepped away, one of the first things I did was, you know, you talk about a, a wavy path. I, uh, I, I got into uh, home inspections. Um, somebody had said that that would be, you know, they were, they were, they thought that, I'd be someone who maybe would be good at it. And so I spent a bit of time taking a, a course, a fairly extensive, very, very intense course, and then passed the, the national exam. And kind of had started down a path a little bit that with a, a, a guy I grew up with in North Belford, a little year older, a goalie, okay. uh, Curtis Beaudry, okay. Capital Inspections. There's a little shout out for Curtis. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and so I spent a bit of time with Curtis. And then, um, you know, it was it was at times things are real hectic and other times they're a little slower. And so we were in some hectic times and so I helped as much as I could. And, but at the same time learned as much as I could. Um, but also there was some other concrete things that, that were kind of off on the side. So I, like I said, I went and worked for, uh, Usha housing for a little while. Yeah. And then this opportunity popped up and, you know, it was what I, what I think was, I don't want to say in my wheelhouse, but it was in a house where that at least I've kind of visited in terms of, you know, yeah, the, the Prairie South piece, the, yeah the 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 leadership piece um you know and there's some some things in terms of just uh, uh being around people and working with uh parents and working with students and working with uh, adult drivers and and all those people it was it was a real good fit okay. so for me it just kind of lent itself and it's been boy uh, you know you, uh, the uh, the i want to say the the learning dynamic has been uh, immense like okay. there's so much to learn and and the good thing is that I already knew a lot of stuff in terms of some things that, that had to right. go on. Yeah. So um, I couldn't imagine walking into there blind because it would have been even a steeper, steeper slope to kind of step up. And so it's been, it's been outstanding. Got two real good people that I work in the office with. Okay. Um, and then we have, uh, um, you know, mechanics that work right okay. out of the Moosha office. To ask about that. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, uh, there's five of them that, uh, that work out of the Moosha office. Okay. Um, and then there's three that work down in, in, in Assiniboia. Great. Yeah, so Bernie Bittner kind of heads up the crew here in, in, in Moosejaw, and Rick Oliver does the, the guys down in Assiniboia, and they, they do an outstanding job. It's funny, that somebody was asking me about the price of fuel the other day, about a month ago, and uh, I said, you know, the one, one lucky thing that we have is that these guys do an outstanding job of keeping those buses in, you know. High efficient. Exactly. Yep. They're as efficient as they could possibly could be. Right. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like, that that's a good thing for us because they'll, economics of it it's going to be more expensive and so you want to make sure that your vehicle's running properly and we got 105 of them on the road or about 100 of them every day right right so a fleet yes we've got a fleet of them and so th if they aren't running efficiently you know that's going to cost we'll us even up. more money but uh, so it. so they those guys do an outstanding job okay and then i work with uh kira stevens and marla cushway in the office and and those two are 
they know their job so well. Um, and so then I'm the guy asking questions all the time about what are we doing here? What do we do there? And, and, you know, but at the same time, trying to, trying to lend some of my expertise, you know, I mean, to, to them as well. So it's been a, been a good fit and okay. uh, I've really gotten to know them over the last six, seven months. And I, uh, Kara, Kara and Marla were in a PD with me a little bit ago. <laughs> so I remember getting to know them too and they seem wonderful. So, yeah. 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 It's yeah. been, it's been really good, really good. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, I report directly to the director of education, which is quite different. You know, okay. I mean, like being an administrator, you know, you, your interactions with senior management, you a little bit more of a superintendent level. Yeah. And, and that, even that is like, you know, monthly maybe, or, you know, situations arise. And now it's, um, you know, you're speaking to the director a little more often just because of a new role and, and, uh, you know, going through some of the things we've gone through over the last six, seven months and a pretty busy winter too. So yeah. just a different scenario that way. Okay. Okay. And I, I guess you, you mentioned a couple of things in there, like, uh, that I wanted to ask, but I wasn't sure if we had like in Prairie South mechanics that are employed, but yeah. there's, there's eight of them you say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and I, when we had our, our director Ryan on Bowen once upon a time, like he met, that was something that he felt when he came into this role, like one of the most significant things that he, I, I hope I'm paraphrasing this. Okay. But he said the more he learned about transportation department and like how, how much is going on and moving pieces and stuff like, and how much there is. So he said that was something very significant to like learning more about as he came into that role yeah. that, um, you just don't hear from what I'm hearing from you too. Like, thank goodness he had some familiarity with the division, at least coming into it. Cause it right. would have been a lot. So, yeah. um, I guess to, to expect, so how many people, how many drivers do we have in the, the transportation well, department? So we have 107 full-time routes. Okay. Now, some of those uh, in Moose Jaw here, there's people that run two routes a day. Okay. Um, so they double up, and that's why some of the staggered start times in the schools. Okay. So some people will run a route, say, at Sunningdale. That'll be their, their, their early morning route. You know, they'll start, you know, quarter to seven or something yep. like that. And then they'll do that route, and then they'll run and do a Westmount route, which has a little later start okay. time. And, you know, there's a, f- a few of those are about about eight or nine of those different scenarios okay. within the division. So, um, so you know, about about 100 buses on the road each day. Okay. Um, we have so about, a, you know, there's about around 100 full-time drivers, and then we'd have about probably close to 50, 47 to 50 um, part-time or casual drivers okay. uh, that support us, you know, throughout the whole school division. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fairly lean in terms of uh, the support piece right now in terms of the casual drivers. Um, and we're, you know, we're continually trying to recruit and, and retain people to, right. to stay in and work in the division. And so that's something we, it's just an ongoing thing that we continue to try and work at because um, it, uh, you know, it's impactful when, when we don't have someone to drive a bus. You right. know, got lots of metal, but we need, uh, we need lots of people. Get, just, get, yeah. feet, and, and, yeah. get feet on pedals. You're, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And get people to, to help us. And so anyway, that's, that's our, you know, that's our, probably our biggest challenge. Challenge, yeah. And it's, uh, okay. you know, we just continue to work through it. And uh, I know Kara's training two or three people again today. So, like, okay. they're starting. Yeah. It's not a one-day training process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fairly rigid, uh, you know, piece that, uh, so they have to, you know, you have to do uh, uh, the written examination just like you and I would have done when we did our uh, uh, Class 5 license, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then this one has a little more... A little more to it because of the the, the you know, bus piece of, of driving. You um, need like a class S endorsement, exactly. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So they, they do that. They do what's called a circle check, which is basically just checking a vehicle to to make sure that it's safe to drive. Yeah. Um, and then you do the written part. Right. Or, sorry, the driving part. Excuse me. Right. So you, so so there's three components there, and then actually the time it takes to to, to make yourself comfortable with that. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time to train a driver. So, 
so anyway, we're, we're working away at it, hoping we can get more and more people in and, and then we can support all our full-time drivers. So, okay. And I, I guess, to, this is me like wanting to explore that. Cause if the, if somebody per chance is listening to this and is it, but the, the full-time driver, like it's still like you would be like, it's like a seven to seven to nine, then you, you still have a, like a day to yeah. it, right? Like yeah. it's something that I've heard, like some people do it as like a retirement gig or something that's uh, like, they have something else during the, the work day that it's like a 10 to three that they're working and then afterwards they exactly yeah we get a combination of all types of those situations right where you have a retiree who just comes in and wants to keep busy and wants to keep their um their brain active and keep themselves active and so you get lots of those people you also get people yeah they come in they'll they'll work they'll work that hour and a half two hours in the morning um go to another part-time job work that for you know four or five hours in the half the morning and afternoon and then come back and and drive bus again in the afternoon so get a little bit of everything out there and yeah so yeah, it's it's uh, it's got many different fits, I guess, is the way to describe it. So okay, and and you mentioned the Kara doing some training, today, but like there still is like the, like is there partnerships, I guess, with SGI in terms of like how that looks. Like I'm just thinking, I remember when uh, we were coaching at uh, Central with football and stuff. Like it would be valuable if one of the coaches actually had their S S endorsement, or <laughs> so they could just drive the bus and yep. it would save some money and stuff for the yep. trips. But um, is that something like, so like somebody would apply for the position to be bus driver with Prairie South and then from there you would do some coordinating to like right. with SGI slash getting the endorsement and right. stuff. Right, exactly. Like that. Yeah, and that's that's usually the first step is for them to apply for the job. They usually call and ask us what those steps are and we can usually help them through that. Okay. Um, and, but that's the first, just like applying for any other job, right? They apply, um, you know, we do the reference checks, yeah. um, things like that. And then, then we usually, you know, the next steps are starting to get them, get the written test done and then, look at the, the training that follows that, whether it be, you know, the circle check or the driving piece, you know, so, so yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the circle check piece too. Cause like, I remember what, like when I, when I went for my, whatever the commercial license or whatever it was, cause if anybody doesn't used to drive one of the party buses in town back in the day, so this is me getting that out there. But like the circle check is like a very like rigorous thing where you're checking every single part of your vehicle basically to make sure it is like yep. functional yep. and good, which like really you should be doing it for your regular cars all the time. So it's a good practice to get into, but it is something that's quite rigorous too. And I remember the three point turn being something very central to, to learning yep. about that yep. as well. But yep. yeah, when you're moving a big, big unit like that with the bus and stuff like that, that regular check in and stuff is good too. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so those bus drivers do it every day. Yeah. Every morning Which, they go and check their bus and make sure it's safe. And if not, then, uh, you know, Bernie, at least in Moostra, Bernie's there at, at 5 a.m. He usually gets to work at 5 and oh. bus drivers start rolling in shortly after 6. Right. And, uh, and um, you know, if there's things that, that need to be touched up or fixed, uh, you know, kind of in a, in a short term, you yeah. know, they usually get done that way. And I know Rick would do the exact same thing for all the drivers down south. Right. Okay. And I, I like that as like, uh, I like this as a tie. So like, at 5 a.m., which I'm sure some teachers right now or people listening are just like, oh, ho, 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 ho. but uh, which I, I forgot to thank you too as well for this coffee <laughs> here that uh, you delivered uh, here. I appreciate it because that's helping me get through right now. But um, how does how does your day typically look then? What's the what's the daily grind for? Um, yeah, for, for you. Well, uh, I would say in the fall it was more of a, a 7:30 to 4:30 kind of thing. You know, typically, you know, in this. In, that's a typical day you know initially when you're learning things the days are a little longer especially in the fall right where you're, you're trying to coordinate all everything and make sure that uh, kids are getting safely to schools and and bus drivers know you know where their routes are and all those types of things so that it, it's obviously a little bit longer day in the fall yeah. um the winter months things change too because uh, we have to be up checking weather um checking roads um to make sure that uh, we put drivers in the best situation to be safe out yeah. there and kids as well so 
Um, you know, you're, you're definitely up earlier. Um, we have to make some decisions by 6 a.m. whether or not we're going to run okay. routes. So, so uh, between Kara and myself, we're up earlier than that, making sure, you know, kind of communicating with each other. And we also talk to uh, Jerry Turcott with the Holy Trinity School Division. To, right. Because to kind of coordinate what's going on yeah. um, between us and them. And yeah. So, yeah, that, that's more, you're a little earlier um, in the winter months. And so now it's uh, a little little slower <laughs> in right. terms of the morning, right? right. But it's still, uh, there's still, you know, you think about what the roads look like rurally right now, and so there's some pretty pretty mucky roads right now. And, right. you know, hopefully we can get through this season without having too many situations. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a, and I didn't, I don't have a point of reference. Right. So it was a busy winter, but I don't, I won't know what, how to refer to it until after next winter. So, right. I guess, uh, I, I appreciate, but I guess, like, sorry, I appreciate when you say, like, they don't have a point of reference, but I feel like, I objectively, not even like this was like an awful winter for, yeah. for driving and traveling and yeah, stuff too. It was, so. it was tough. I know, I know personally, to the gig. I was going to say personally, we had four road trips this winter and every one of them we ran into some pretty tough roads. So travel uh, not recommended. Yes, exactly. And so it, uh, yeah. And it, it uh, you know, we just want to make sure people are safe. Right. right. And, and I know sometimes that's frustrating for parents because right. that, you know, buses aren't running, but, uh, want to make sure that uh, both themselves their kids and and our drivers are safe so right make some decisions and sometimes they're popular and sometimes they're not so popular right and you said the decision has to be made by 6 a.m usually when we're talking about weather right okay. if we're yeah. looking at weather we try to make that decision by six because like i said those bus drivers are in our in our yard right. six ten six fifteen in the middle of winter getting those buses warmed up and ready to roll right and so we like to make sure that we can give them that heads up instead of waiting until seven seven thirty and they're halfway down the road and calling them back. So right. um, now the road conditions are a little different, right? We can delay a little bit. Right. Um, um, but we still try as, try to do it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. It allows parents. Gives everybody ample time to plan Administrators, right, yeah. And uh, so that's that's why we do it that way is just okay. to make sure that we give it as much time as possible for people to make decisions, other okay. decisions, right? Okay. Yeah. So, and I guess uh, when you like, <laughs> I don't mean to, get your inbox filled with people who could be bitter if the, the road or the buses get shut down someday. But is that ultimately like your call or is that a call you make in partnership with Ryan and stuff? Too? Right. Yeah. All, all those decisions are kind of, we, we would talk about it, kind of chat with him quickly, you know what I mean? Cause you know, there's, there's times where um, we have to make the decision based off of what we know. Right. right? And there's other times where you want to coordinate that with, with people uh, from head office. Right. So might yeah. be a superintendent, might be Ryan. So right. um, there's a, there's a little bit of both there. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so yeah, it, uh, uh, it, sometimes it can be a little bit, you know, it's, it's an onerous task cause you're, you're affecting a lot of people. Like we have about 2,500 kids who ride a bus every day. Got it. When we go, well, mileage wise, we drive from here to Halifax and back twice a day. So that's, that's how far <laughs> the division drives in one day. So, you know, Got it. it's a down and back and a down and back and Woo. so, Halifax, you, like Nova Scotia. Nova Halifax. Scotia. Halifax, <laughs> I don't know right? if there's another Halifax, but <laughs> yeah, that's wow. how far we drive in one day. Okay. So. Oh. So yeah, it's a, it's you know, you th- there's going to be things that that happen. You know, you think about if you drove yourself out there and back, you'd probably maybe experience the odd flat tire or, you know, some windshield wiper blade or something. You know, so right. Um, that's that's what we experience each day. Okay. So and so we got you know the good thing is you got really good people, right? Care what they do and care about the kids that are with them and want to make sure that uh, things go right. Right. Okay. And I, I guess I'll, I'll ask this one, this one now. I have one that came up from that too, but I, you mentioned 2,500 kids who ride the bus yep. in Prairie South. 
um, on a daily basis that when I, when I think of like, so I, I grew up on Bushel Park or 15 wing moose jaw. I, I took the bus every day up until grade 10 when I have my license and stuff. And I think of like, that was 20, 25 minutes, I guess what it worked out when it's all sudden done there and back from school. So sort of like, that's a significant, like that's an hour of my day, basically yeah. when I was growing up that like is spent on the bus. Yeah. And I guess, um, what, what stories do you hear from that sort of thing? Or like, uh, when, when you're, I, I, I just remember like, I, I loved all my bus drivers sort of thing when I was growing up too. Like always very, I, for some reason, the one specific, I remember Leon, cause he always wore his toque just a little bit above his ears. And we thought that he was like so nice and so cool, but we always thought that was like quirky. But, uh, so shout out to Leon, not that I imagine <laughs> Leon's listening to this, but, uh. Um, I just remember like having some, some wonderful relationships with bus drivers. And I guess that's something I need to like, I appreciate you coming on and talk about, cause it is like, it's a, in some situations there's, there's some students that are spending half an hour ish on a bus to and from, like, I'm trying to think of it in some example schools, but, um, I guess my question to that is like, uh, what, uh, I don't want to get into necessarily like the hours spent, but how does like, are there, are there cool, cool stories, I guess, from like teachers and relationship or sorry, uh, from bus drivers and people involved in transportation? Yeah, I, I think that's just like anything, Logan, when you spend that much time with someone, you really get to know who they are. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, I, I, you, you hear about it from, from, from kids and from parents and, right. and, and the wonderful relationships they do have with those drivers yeah. and the mechanics as well. Like, uh, you know, okay. they, they, those are people that, that these people get to know so well. Um, so it, it, uh, it can be transcending and it can be like some of the things you see, like you say at Christmas time and things like that. And, and when there's some exchanges of thank yous and, right. and you, you, you can tell it's heartfelt because they know how important it is to have that person in their kid's life, you know, right. mean? and, and how important they are to get in their kid to and from school. Safe right? and yeah. safely, right? So, like yeah. A, yeah. Like, uh, you know, that's, that's the other thing is you talk about, you want to try and do it as timely as you can, but as safely as you can. Yeah. So, and the safe piece comes first. And so, um, yeah, it, uh, um, and I, I, you know, like I said, I'm only seven months in, um, I, I, would love to say that I know every driver real well. I don't, right. um, I know some of them, of them, right. I know some of them better than I know others. And, uh, but at the same time, we're, uh, we're going to just continue to work hard to try and get it to know them all. Come I on. met them all in the fall. Like I was in day one of my job, day two, actually, I started meeting the bus drivers. We had, uh, some, we have some meetings where they come together and talk about things that are, you know, um, things that we need to talk about as a group. And so got to meet them all, but you know, of the, you met. 50 one day and 75 the next day, right. you know, probably remembered three from one day and four from the other and maybe yeah. 10 because I knew them before. Right. right? So, okay. so, um, yeah, I, I, it is, it's a, it's a pretty tight knit family. Okay. Um, and, and they, uh, they understand some of the pressures that they go through on a daily basis. And so they serve, they're very supportive of each other. So that's, that's good. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I guess, um, like I, I appreciate that, uh, uh, the community piece that's uh, associated right. with that too. Cause yep. yeah, I, um, when I think of it in hindsight, um, like, like they are, they are the first face that some students see in the day sort of thing or whatever. Like that's, sure. that's your start to the school day is yep. seeing them too. And the last phase too, yep. like there's, th I don't want to put like pressure on it, but like there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot to that, that when, when they are and in, in my experience as like warm and friendly as they are sort of thing, like what a great way to start your day in some cases. Right. With like, yeah. yeah. So and it, that's, it, it's funny how, you know, they'll probably as a bus driver recognize what kind of day that student had when right. they leave the bus and what day they might have when they come onto the bus. Yeah. Right. Like, are they having a tough day? Are they having a great morning? You know, things like yeah. that. And, and do they need a little, you know, boost or, you know, uh, maybe just a quick little chat at some point maybe, or, you know, um, just some things that, that, that just, I think any adult would recognize with, yes. with most, 
younger children that, that sometimes they need uh, sometimes they need uh, time by themselves and sometimes they need time to chat. Right. Right. So I guess something yeah. to be said about that, like collaboration yeah. piece across, right. like teachers and parents, yeah. etc., across right. the division. Like don't don't forget, I guess, about the role that the bus driver has in right. your, your student for sure. life as well. For sure, so, yeah. it uh, um, it can be very impactful, just yeah. like anyone else's can. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So for sure. Um, so, uh, you mentioned drive, like, uh, so everybody that comes in, so does, do people come into ninth Avenue or where are the buses housed, I guess? And yeah. I guess my, my question is, so if I was doing a bus route for Glentworth or something, I am going to pick up the bus at Cinnaboy yeah. in the morning. Cause that's a, no, most of our, most, not all, but most of our rural drivers would have their buses store or kept at, we call their depot, which usually is their home, okay. right? There'll be some okay. that will keep them in a Cinnaboy, you know, if they live in, in the town of Cinnaboy. Um, just like in Moose Jaw here, there's, there's some that'll have theirs in their rural setting. If they live on a farm, say 15, 20 miles outside of Moose Jaw. Um, but there's some that will come to the compound in Moose Jaw and drive a rural route for us because they live in the city. Right. So kind of a combination of both. Okay. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the things about, about buses are just like anything else when it's minus 40, they got to be plugged in or else they ain't going anywhere. And yeah. so, they're uh, diesel the they combination of every we have uh, all three diesel, oh. propane, and gas. Okay, and kind right. of a, I want to say probably a, a fifty forty ten. Okay, uh, fifty diesel, forty percent uh, gas, and probably ten percent propane. Okay, if, if that would just be a, and that's me looking at it from a seven seven month experience. So, um, but I think we talked about it once before, and somebody kind of gave me those numbers about it could be slightly higher or lower. Okay, um, but that would give you a kind of a, a general terms of how many different uh, styles of buses we have and okay. yeah varying degrees from uh, nines would be i think the older maybe we might have some old eights uh, still on the road okay up to new buses as of this year okay and i guess the reason why i asked that and this is like i'm not uh not anything near a mechanic like i struggle to change the battery in my car and <laughs> you know what just filling up gas is a good good enough feat for me or changing the wiper fluid but um it, there's differences in like the the main. I guess like I remember working um, and driving a bus sort of thing. The fact that it was diesel, like you need to let it run for a little bit longer than gas. And I guess what's some of the I guess challenges associated with that when you have like diverse, yeah, even gas associated. Right. Yeah. With and the there's bus. you're exactly right. There's each of those buses has its pluses and minuses. Okay. And so you're right. Like a diesel bus needs to warm up a little bit longer. Okay. Um, and uh, there's some things mechanically that that happen because of that fact. Right. When it gets really cold. Um, but at the same time, there more efficient when they do get a girl in. Right. So there's, there's, you know, each one has its uh, pluses and minuses. Okay. Um, and that's maybe why we have the diverse kind of group. Because some are, you know, some you can, a little more trusting. So the farther they get away from Ushan Asinibwe, um, the more you'd want a bus that you can trust. Right. That's, you know I mean? If they're a little closer, then maybe they can sometimes maybe have a little more of it, may have an issue and we can handle it because it's closer to, to one of our maintenance areas. Right. right. So... So I, I, I guess just to like clarify or put anybody like when you say trust it's just like they sometimes they don't like right the engine might get overworked or something like that in certain conditions that you'd rather have certain ones that have those setups right like not yeah. The, yeah. the bus will be fine your kids will be fine and yeah. stuff like you that know, the, just. The, the one thing that uh, probably most people don't know is every bus has to go through a full inspection every year okay so each each one of those buses goes through a full, like they bring it in there in there for probably between you know, four and seven, eight days, depending okay. on, you know, and they go through top to bottom, inside and out, and make sure that those things are there, you know what I mean, yeah. every year. So SGA de- demands that of us. Okay. And so, uh, so that, that, that you know what I mean? Like, when, you're right, when you say trust, 
that don't worry that bus has been through an extensive uh, i'm just picturing as a parent myself right now like what is the blanks my imagination's going to fill in that makes it worst case ontario so yeah yeah no you're right so hopefully i yeah (laughs) didn't lead people down a path that i shouldn't have let them down we're we're good we're good i think yeah okay um Okay, so um, I'm trying to, I think I already asked about like the application and process for, for getting involved in transportation, if anybody was, uh, if anybody was interested, yep. but I want to ask um, a couple more because we're still on the topic on this, but uh, what did, is the first ride program a thing? I heard something about the first ride program. Yeah, it is a thing. It's, uh, you know, through COVID, they had to step away from it for, a, I don't know if they did it for one or two years, they may have to step away, but basically what it is, it's, it's uh, allowing uh, new students to buses, usually pre-K students, maybe kindergarten students, to ride on a bus with their parent um, and go for a little tour and just feel like what it is to, to get on a bus, to get off the bus, to kind of hear um, how the bus feels, runs, right. kind of, you know, have the driver talk to them a little bit about situations, why they, they do what they do, why they have to sit in certain ways and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and still have the comfort of having their parent there. Right. right? Once, once we get more, you know, once you get, you know, 20 kids on a bus we can't just take their parent and put them on the bus because there's some some insurance implications that go with that right okay. so okay. so that the, and then we do it both uh here in Musha and down in Assiniboia okay uh, I was fortunate enough to to experience it down in a, down in uh Assiniboia this year so I got to see okay. what it looked like firsthand and it was, on the first ride <laughs> yeah and it was kind of neat because there was actually somebody from Musha who who missed it here drove down to Assiniboia and got, got their 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 child on the bus down there. So okay. I just made sure I told that dad that he had to buy ice cream before the road trip home because that was a long haul. And it was kind of funny because it was actually somebody who's employed by Prairie South now. So okay, <laughs> it was it was a kind of a neat story. But anyway, yeah, that's what it's about, and it, and it it really helps to kind of ease. Just like you know, I think a, a lot of schools will have kids before they come in for kindergarten or pre K bring their backpack in and and just you know smell the school, walk into a classroom, set your bag down, hang your jacket up, sit down. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, walk around a little bit so that that first day isn't so daunting. Right. We do it at high schools too, right? Yep. I think it's like grade nine, grade <laughs> yeah. nine barbecue night and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. Yep. So it's the same thing with a bus. Just, okay. just trying to make Build kids the comfort. Feel well. Right. Exactly. It gives them some opportunities with routines to get the independence there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I, I like the, the, the first sensory thing that you went with was smell the school, mm-hmm. but that like, <laughs> well, it is like, even like, I think of like the smell of the bus and stuff like that too. So like, it, it's all part of the experience that is bus riding that students need to become familiar for with. Sure, so, for yeah. sure. I think that's when we often overlook, you know, you can see things and hear things, but sometimes smell is pretty comforting. Yeah. You know, you walk in your own home at home, your home at home, you walk into your home each night and probably one of the first things you do is it's smell, right? Yeah. And, and well, the comforts like of that. cat litter. <laughs> Lonnie, so it's uh, not necessarily comfortable. And new baby. Yeah. So that's. It's, it's a good mix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cat poop and baby poop. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Okay. Um, so, and I, I, this is me again, asked, so do they still do like the escape drills, like out the back of the evacuation drills? Like yep. The, twice the, a year. Okay. Twice and year. is it like great? I remember like grade sevens and eights help guide the younger kids. Exactly. Out the back. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was okay. Uh, fortunate. I went down to Avonlea at the start of the school year and uh, got to experience that. And, uh, you know, we have some, sometimes you'll have a student who maybe has some mobility issues. Okay. And so those are important to do those so that to make sure if the situation arose that, uh, the students on the bus knew how to handle that situation and the driver. So. Yeah, it uh, twice a year. They just went through the second round here, I say about a month ago, because you can hear them. The neat thing is what what many of the bus drivers do is they'll let us know that they're doing an evacuation drill, and usually what happens is they'll let one of the kids talk on the radio, the two way radio. Nice. So it's a big deal for those kids to big get on time. the radio and say, 
you know, uh, they'll leave the, the, the bus number. They'll say a oh, bus 2017 evacuation drill underway. And then okay. they'll come back on, you know, cool. two minutes later, say, you know, 2017 evacuation drill complete. And, you know, we always acknowledge them and say, hey, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Good yeah. job, you know. And so it, it's, a, it's a bit of a thing for kids to get on that radio. The, the sad part for us is right now our radios are down. They had some issues. And so it... Uh, it uh, creates a adds a little yeah adds a little bit of a complexity to our communication with uh, with bus drivers. So, Got us. Um, but it is what it is, and right. and you get through it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I, I had in my head as you said I just had like breaker breaker one niner. Uh, <laughs> this is rubber ducky, but um, yeah no that's really and I guess uh, to to keep asking questions about that for the for the kids it's like I remember um, like management being something like I. When I think like it's not just driving a bus, and we've talked about like building relationships with the kids and stuff too. But I remember like we had seating plans on the bus too, and like that's something that is a distraction for um, for bus drivers as well. That like how is how is that approach or navigated? I guess oh, at yeah, your level they, too. They, like what's the all of our bus drivers still presently have, um, and it was even more um, regimented through COVID to make okay. sure that we knew exactly where everyone was sitting. Right. Um, but most of the drivers still use them. Like they still consistently have a seating plan or adjusting it, tweaking it, you know, throughout the year to, to best meet the needs of all the students on the bus. Um, at the same time, you know, as a driver, you want to focus on driving. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, the management piece is something that, that hopefully um, the relationship kind of with the students makes it, it easy. For that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, most of the majority of the drivers, and we have a binder, and we have the, the seating plans with, with us at, at the okay. office, and they have one usually on their bus. And, and so... Uh, so if a spare driver steps on, they know where everybody should be sitting. Okay. Okay. And so this is me throwing back then. So like, did when you were in North Battleford, like, did you ride a bus at all growing up or? Uh, you know what? I went on a few bus rides when I was in Cutknife, going okay. up to a buddy's place. And I remember thinking that I was just ecstatic. Okay. Um, you know, how fun that was to be on a bus. I think the other thing that I, I learned, I didn't, I didn't ride on a school bus per se. Um, had a pretty long jaunt to school. Um, but, uh, I still remember the bus driver on um, some of our athletic trips, actually football, I remember I referred to Don Hodgins. I remember him, anytime we went on a, on a trip somewhere, you know, he always, when we went to eat somewhere, the bus driver ate first, every time. Lesson learned. I, remember, yeah. I still just vividly remember that, and him saying, nope, he's eating first. I and feel like I remember so, that in our football trips. Exactly. Now you know what I mean? So I, you kind of carry on that tradition and, and, and make sure that, the kids know that this person's working for the next four hours, five hours, wherever you may be. And yeah. so we want to make sure that they get fed and, and get ready for what's lying ahead for them. So respect and appreciate yeah. them accordingly. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, it was, I, I don't know, just remember that from a long time ago. And, right. and uh, you know, I, I made sure that, and as you said, we, you know, we traveled on a few school buses together up to PA and made sure that, uh, I think Corby Hills is our bus driver. Corby's an outstanding man and I made sure that Corby got his food first. <laughs> Subway and chicken, chicken bacon ranch. You betcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I have a, I have a couple of questions that I got from a couple uh, parents with, with kids here, but um, <laughs> which like, I, this isn't a, a trip to the kids. So I'll just list them off sort of thing. And I guess if you want to answer them as generally on behalf, if you can, but some sure. of them like the, the first one's funny to me is the bus driver. Nice. I think they're all nice. You know what I mean? I'm sure they, they're just like kids. Some days they have a, maybe it's not a perfect day for them. And, but I think we all, we all know as adults, we got to try and sometimes leave our, whatever's causing us some grief, you know, outside the bus. Yeah. But I, I'm sure it creeps in at times and, you know, they, they have good days and bad days like everyone else. But I think the majority of them are good days. And I'm, you know, 
I don't think they'd be in the role if they didn't uh, didn't enjoy being around kids. So <laughs> I would say, for the most part, they're all very very nice people and love having kids around and on the bus. Right. Okay. Okay. So there we go. Uh, parent parent one. Um, <laughs> the other one, which I, I I think is funny too, and I think of like the the bus that I rode on growing up. There's maybe 20, 20 to thirty kids on the bus, maybe, and I don't know what the the average because we'd obviously have a very diverse amount of numbers on buses yep, and size sure. of buses for in sure. the division. Yep. But um, will they forget me? Will the bus driver forget me? Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that means overnight or. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's 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 things on a bus now that uh, nobody left behind. So bus drivers actually walk to the back of the bus and flip a sign in the back of the bus. Okay. So they, they acknowledge that they've walked to the back right. of that bus. Okay. Um, that empty. Right. Sign. And there's a light sign. too. Yes. There's a light on. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so then the other thing is that, uh, you know, if there's any, the, that's the nice thing about communication now is we have real good communication between us and the drivers, between us and the schools and, and uh, uh, just making sure that kids are where they need to be and are safe. And then there's some scenarios where sometimes we get to a place and there's nobody there and then we have to, Make sure that uh, that kid gets safely taken back to the school, so that we're not leaving a, a student where they're where they're unsupervised, right? right? And so, yeah, there's all lots of communication that goes on um, to make sure that uh, does get left behind or put in a spot where they um, <laughs> where they're not supervised, right? So yeah, there's so. regulations in place yes. to the little kid who asks, yeah. "Will they forget me?" They they should be. It should yeah. be all yeah. structured and, and good. And, too, and you know, if there is, it, uh, communication usually happens pretty quick. Right. Right. Yeah. So okay. so those those mornings and afternoons are fairly busy for us. You know, we're just making sure that we're ready for any scenario that should arise. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'll hit you with this one. Can they drive faster? <laughs> <laughs> I guess depends how fast they're going at the present yeah. time. Yeah. 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 yeah there's times where they'll. They can drive faster and there's times where they can't based off road conditions, right? That's probably the biggest one is, um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to talk to them about their speeds, right? Okay. And uh, <laughs> the nice thing is we track the buses so we know how fast they're going and Got it. and where they are. And, and that really helps us too, right? To, to solve a lot of um, situations that may arise as we can tell from what something called Zonar, exactly where the bus is and, okay. and uh, you know, we can get to them fairly quickly that way. Right. And so know exactly yeah. where they are yeah. in the event it's of an emergency a, it's a, or yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good program that provides a really good service for, for drivers and for us. Okay. And for parents as well. Okay. Um how do they know where I live? Um, is the, another one asked by a kid, but I, I I remember there being bus stops for us, so we would just walk into that area. So it's like it's just the route. Yeah. So it's all the route that's yep. identified and stuff, but is there anything? Well, it's all GPS. Okay. Now. So, you know, they're land locations for people rurally and yeah. then uh, GPS locations or addresses, yeah. you know, in, okay. in, in the urban center. Um, so kind of a combination of those two. Okay. Um, you know, the, you're right. Some of them, there's there's a stop where there'd be eight, ten kids at. And yeah. others, there's one or two. And, you know, it could be a farm of four or five kids and it could be a farm of, of one student. So right. it's a combination, again, of yeah. <laughs> different okay. scenarios and situations. Okay. And I, I appreciate, like, I, I'm just hearing, like, there's so much more technology now available than there was even when I rode on a bus. But the one thing that I remember, like, the little black box that was a camera with a little red light that would blink on it sort of thing, that as soon as that little red light was on, everybody just, like, sat up straight and was well-behaved. But is that something that still exists, too? Is there a, a camera to, like, for for the sake of management and yeah, stuff? There's some buses that have cameras on them. Okay. Um, and then there's some that if we had to, we could add them. Okay. Right? So we can, yeah. we can take them off, put them on if we need to. Um I think it's just more for safety of everybody involved for sure. if, if we need to. Yeah. Um, but it's not a, I know at one point there were some years where they, they became standard on a bus. Um, but being a, you know, a, a vice principal of a high school and having 
know, 55, 60 cameras, they understand that there's there's times when it's good to have them and there's times when it's it can be uh, uh, an onerous task, you know what I mean? So when in high school and kids used to lose their binder, they'd spend time looking for their binder. And uh, often it was, you know, Got it here, I forgot it there, and but it, it becomes a bit of a. Everybody thinks it's exciting, you know what I mean, until they do it ten times, twenty times, <laughs> you know, by the end of the year. The monotony drives yeah, gets it, in, it, yeah. It can, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, it's a long story short, uh, yeah, we definitely in, in some of the buses there are, and some there there are not. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So um, and I, I asked you already. You, you mentioned cut knife and riding a bus a little bit there, but the, I. I guess I asked, do you have any specific bus stories that come to mind, whether it's like through sport or anything like that, that was like, like cool bus. But like for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll model this for you right now. But I, I remember like for me, so we had a sign seating on the bus. There was a camera on the bus when I was growing up, coming in from Moose Jaw into St. Michael's school is where I was going in town here. But I remember like the assigned seating, it was like youngest kids at the front, oldest kids at the back. And I remember at the end of like every day, as we, as the older kids came on the bus, as they typically did at the end of the day, there was one kid named Jason, and I can't remember his last name, but it was, like, such a cool... I guess what I'm getting at is that there's this cool melting pot of all these different grades, like this this multi-grade environment that exists on a bus that it's cool that every time this kid would come on the bus, all of us, like, we were maybe grade three at the time, we'd all go, like, hey, Jason! <laughs> and it was always... The, the way we said it was the same. Every said, hey, Jason! Hey, Jason! And, like, Monday to Friday, and I hope Jason appreciated it, but um, he would always say, like, hey, big guy, and give us all high fives and stuff like that. And, like, such a cool experience, and that's something, like... Even as I say it right now, like I get tingles because it's just a cool memory from when I was younger and like admiring older kids, and it's a really cool place for that to happen. But um, I can think of like football bus trips and like other bus trips and stuff like that too, like as a coach and as a student and stuff as well. That like there's a lot of good memories on buses. But I guess is there anything that come to mind for you immediately? I think the one that really comes to mind is we have uh, there was a student with some special needs that uh, doesn't typically ride the bus, and then uh, got to ride a bus because they wanted to be a part of a group. And I think they were just going on a field trip somewhere. And that student was just ecstatic about how much fun it was to be on the bus with the other kids and feel like you're a part of that group at right. that time. And so it was, I remember the the driver coming back and being so proud to be able to help that student get on the bus and, and, and enjoy that trip. And I think that's the one that kind of sticks out in my head is, okay. is you know, just that opportunity for, for someone who maybe usually doesn't traditionally get to ride on the bus and, and, ha- and had that opportunity and just loved that. And, and that, uh, um, I, I know the driver in between the, 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 where they took the students there. And then when they brought the students back, that driver went and got something for that student. I don't know what it was, but just kind of like a little token to say, thanks, you know, and glad you had, you know, you got to enjoy that trip. And that's just kind of that, that one driver, you know, and that's an situation felt like that was something that, that, that could really help that kid feel good for that day and right. maybe into the future. So they'll maybe look forward to the next time they get to go on a field trip or right. somewhere in a bus. So, so yeah, okay. yeah, there's some of those, you know, it, I just think it's so cool to, to have that experience for kids. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I'm optimistic. I don't know if uh, my little guy will have to ride the bus one day, but currently whenever it drives by the house, if, if I happen to be, I guess it wasn't more so me. This is my wife telling it. But, like, at 345, when the bus drives by our house, he always, like, face pancaked on the window. <laughs> bush, 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 watching it go by sort of thing. But I'm thinking, do, do you know, and this is me, I, I'm off off the off the path again, but is there, like, wheels on the bus and, like, hail to the bus driver? <laughs> but, like, those songs and stuff. Cause I, I don't know. I, I, you'd have to talk to some drivers instead okay. of me because I'm, I'm, it's so funny when you said what you said about your – 
young child. I know there's another uh, person who works in Prairie South whose son is the same way. Like just just can't wait yeah. and stands by that window. And that person actually brought their child down to the bus garage, and we kind of took the the little guy might on a be tour. A conversation, yeah, that might yeah, be something yeah. That, yeah. And then you know they came down, and it was just like ecstatic, and got to see the bus and go for a little ride on a bus, and okay. you know just within the yard. So so yeah, I think it's it's funny how how they just kind of have a some type of mystique to them. I think for yeah. little kids, right? Yeah, you know they're big, bright yellow. Yeah. You know, so so yeah, it's uh. It's going to need to see that, okay. see kids have that experience. And yeah. that's, uh, that could be something they can experience too. Yeah. And so like in, an enjoyable part. Yes, the, for the, sure. The, for sure. Again, as I say, like something that doesn't necessarily, it isn't something you immediately think of as like, a, or at least in my experience, like being a teacher and being very like dialed into the classroom and right. stuff that I forget, like the bus was actually a really cool part of my day growing up that <laughs> yeah. I forget, like singing and yep. all that sort of yeah. stuff. And a different friendship group probably yes. too, right? That's yeah. the other thing is it, uh. You know, in those, some of those small towns, that's, you know, you get to know those people real well that yeah. you spend, you know, some time on a bus with every day. So yeah. twice a day. So yeah. Right. Okay. So um, bus, I wanted to ask you a little bit um, and just being aware of time sort of thing, but I wanted to ask you just a little bit. I know, uh, so I feel like our relationship grew obviously from Central, but also being involved with football specifically together, Lonnie. Um, why did you get so involved in extra cur? Jeez, probably, you know, like I said, when I was a little kid, I was just involved in everything. Right. You know, you just, you just become, and then I think you, as, as you move through your, your, you know, elementary school experiences and high school experiences, the, the people that you're around, um, I think sometimes you kind of, you look at them and go, okay, um, I want to be like that. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and so, you know, said great high school football coach, uh, had a de- couple decent uh, hockey coaches in my life, uh, a phenomenal committed person as a baseball coach for most of my baseball career. So, you know, those are some things that, that kind of took me and kind of steered me in that direction a little bit. Uh, um, when I first went to, uh, well, when I went to tech school, I didn't do much, but when I got back and went to university at the U of S, that's when I started helping coach football then at okay. that point. And so, you know, kind of got steered in that direction. And then, you know, you end up in a small community and you got some you know, you got a little bit of hockey background. You end up coaching minor hockey in a small town. And right. and then, you know, they're just starting up their ball program. Okay, let's, you know, let's coach minor ball. And so just that coaching, you just kind of, as a, as a teacher, you kind of learn that there's a correlation between the two. For sure. Uh, so I think that's, it just grew from just being around some people that had done it real well right. for me. So, um, you know, and, and you, you've probably seen some people that maybe didn't do it as well and kind of take you some learn experience. From them too. Yeah, yeah. Learn some experiences from them as well, so. Okay. So that's that's where I think it it grew from. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I think other people we've had on too and probing and stuff like that. A lot of times it comes down to there was some sort of positive experience that they had, and it it's I I think it's really cool how people sometimes like from those positive experiences, and I I say in education because you see it. That's what I would see the most of. So like obviously a niche view from my point, but um, a lot of times it is like I had a really good blank in blank sport sort of thing yeah. and. I love how it segues into uh, I want to offer that to other people too. And it's a, it's a cool cycle that almost repeats itself yep. where people who have good experiences want to give those good experiences to other students too. So, yeah. It's, it's interesting when you talked about it earlier, we were talking earlier kind of off, before we t- started talking, we were talking about our, our families and that and, and uh, you know, some of your own kind of personal time and the, pers- the, the time you need to commit to yourself. I'm very fortunate that you know, both my wife and I had, real interest in coaching. And, and so we knew that that was an important part of us 
in right. terms of ourselves growing was yeah. that time we needed to 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 be around other kids and and coach them and help them at the same time knowing that uh, you know you have your family at home as well so it's it's a bit of a balance there yeah to make sure you you do as well right so and that's I I guess like uh, personally being involved with badminton right now um, and like wanting to bring little Co out at. 17 months old but like even exposure to that at this age so i think sure. it's a good little environment oh, for him for to sure. see that he wouldn't otherwise see and exactly. stuff too that helps yep. uh maybe build maybe some of those potential apps, which <laughs> i joked before like i as the the dad tried to subtly manipulate his kid to like the same things that his dad <laughs> likes that i'm guilty of already that i didn't want to become this person but here i am but um you yeah. know like i i yeah to, to your point like I, I think it enhances also though when you work with other kids um, as a coach or as a teacher and stuff, it, it enhances your relationship and I guess how you can approach your parenting and yep. stuff too. So sure. it's, uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, what else did I want to ask? Um, I guess, is there any, um, and I, I want to, cause I feel like some of like you leadership is something like you, you actually, this is what I wanted to come back to. Um, you mentioned there was like a mystique to, um, the PAA and this is like way, way back at the start sort of thing as like a piece that maybe help drive you in the direction of pursuing the PAA piece at uh, the division level um, and getting into leadership as well. But I guess, are there any like central ideas to leadership, I guess, in your brain um, that like permeates throughout coaching, throughout uh, your, your educational journey and stuff? I th- probably the biggest one I think is trust. Okay. Um, and, and, and developing trust and having people um, trust you in what you do and wh- what you believe in. Um, but you know that that just doesn't happen, right? There's things you have to to do to be able to to have people believe in you. Um, and I think some of the things you know, you, if if you're going to say you're going to do something, you better do it. Right. And and I know that for me in transportation, uh, when we had our first meeting here in Moose Jaw, like I said, I've been on the job for three days, and there was a couple things that 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 came through fairly vividly for me. And so I think as I move forward through this year. By the time we come back to that meeting next year, I want to make sure that I have addressed those two things that they talked to me about. Okay. And I think that helps to um, build the trust with those people, right? And so um, I think that's the probably the biggest one that I, I can think of okay. is that uh, if people trust you, they'll be willing to follow you. If right. they don't, they probably won't. And so, right. uh, you know, and that it just doesn't happen overnight either, right? So I think in any role, anywhere, it takes time to develop and... Um, so you got to just kind of continue to do what you do and believe and, and um, make sure that you're doing what you say you're going to do. Right. Follow uh, through on your yeah, word. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's probably the, the biggest one, I think, that, um, that I've tried to kind of... The other, the other one is, uh, again, this is a Don Hodgins one, is um, he always told us that uh, you can make excuses when you win but not when you lose. That's, okay. that's an athletic one. Yeah. Right? And so kind of always have felt that and I've kind of tried to take that into life too. When things don't go right, don't be looking around for excuses. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, when things do go right, then you can make all the excuses you want. Like, oh, we got lucky that one. The refs, <laughs> yeah. the refs were on exactly. our side when we got you know that mean? W. So yeah. Just things like that that, that, um, that I think are important to do not only in sport but in life. Right. Uh, so, you know, I th- and I think that helps you to kind of to own things. Right. To accept some responsibility. Okay. And I know it for me, uh, my grade 12 year, last football game I ever played, I, I came off the field and I, it was a play that didn't go real well. And I was a part of the reason it didn't go well. Right. And he kind of questioned my role in that play. And I, I threw out an excuse. Right. And so I still remember that 10 seconds to this day. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, it's, and it's vivid to me to, to be able to kind of go, yeah, okay. 
grow from that and, you know, start to, to own some things. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things I think that, that I try to pride myself is when kids come into high school in grade nine, by the time they leave in grade 12, they're willing to own things. And right. Accept responsibility. Right. Just move on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I screwed up. I made a mistake here. Let's move on. Same thing with transportation. Same thing with your family. Right. It's, they're going to make mistakes and let's just own them and move on. Don't don't lie to yourself about yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. We're all making mistakes. <laughs> yeah, like, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Still am. Yeah. <laughs> Lots. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Not you. I was afraid <laughs> yeah, to be. No, yeah. You're okay. Um, but I, and I guess uh, like in, in speaking with working uh, work working with you and from a uh, being a teacher um, working with you as an administrator and stuff and when I, when I think of our like I I would say in my experience you you did that well. I feel like we've had a lot of very like honest and open conversations with each other. Um, throughout when, when we, we were working at Central together. Um, and I guess, yeah, to like, to your point, or as, as you say that now, as I think about it too, sort of thing, it was very much like you, you owned everything that whenever we had a conversation sort of thing, it was very honest, it was very open, it was very, I don't know, like, I don't want to say, I, harsh isn't the right word, but def, I didn't feel like there was anything being hidden, I guess, in the conversation too, mm-hmm. that uh, when we talk about... Um, and I, I don't want to, like, I guess it kind of connects into the mystique thing with the PA, but sort of, but like in different departments, different areas, everybody has different perceptions of what exists between them. And if we're talking about administrators versus teachers, even as open as you can be, there's still going to be some sort of dynamics there that there maybe isn't as much trust as a teacher towards an admin, if that makes sense. Right. And I guess yeah. uh, uh, this is me just saying I appreciate, and it did come through that that philosophy that you have in terms of building trust and stuff, I feel like you did a very good job being open about that. So mm. I'm, I'm sure it's translated nicely to transportation. Well, I, I appreciate well. that. I agree with you too, Logan, that that sometimes there's there's you, you get that dynamic of people think that other departments are doing things that, you know, aren't for the better of the whole. And I, I think once you've been in a role where you you deal with all those, you just – you get to learn that those people are working their tail off to try and make sure that they're doing what's right for, for all kids and all staff. And so, you know, whether it's, whether it's the facilities department or the learning department or whatever department, you know, you get to know all those people and you know that, that, that that's what they're doing. And so it's, it's kind of nice when you, you've had some of those perspectives yes. because you can, it helps you to have conversations with other people in your areas to say, Hey, no, I think that's, these guys are, they're working their tail off to try and make sure that this is done right. And yeah. so, so it, it, it just becomes, um, like a, a more global feel, right. you know, yeah. the more you, the more you, you kind of put yourself out there a little bit to yeah. kind of find out what's going on in other areas. So, okay. Okay. And I guess I, I want to like, is there any, um, I feel like you, you mentioned, but is there any other like building trust hacks, Ari, Ari Lonnie Holmes that you found, um, oh. that help with that? You mentioned time. And I, I was in a classroom recently, we were talking about building trust and stuff like that too. And that's something that says like, it doesn't just happen. So like. You mentioned grade nine to 12, like that trust, that openness and like them learning those skills also happens and the relationship building takes yeah. time. But, you know, when you think about my role when I first started here, like I, I probably could have went home at 4.30, right? right? You know what I mean? And, and just kind of walked out the door. And But initially for me, to, the learning curve and, and to develop the trust with those people that I work with directly is it I had to prove to them that I was willing to do whatever it took right. to, to get us up and rolling and make sure that we were going down the right path. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think time, you're saying sometimes... It's, it, it doesn't seem like much, but it sure is impactful. And I think, you know, as a former vice principal of high school, there's a lot of, you put in a lot of time, right? And, and, and it's just part of the role, yeah. right? And, and, and if, um, and then you talk to any of the administrators, it's, it's just part of a role, right? Yeah. And, and so you, I think people and kids recognize that, right? Yeah. And so you develop that kid, that trust with those students, right? And, and that goes a long ways. Like, you know, you could, 
you see those kids, you know, in other scenarios and, and, um, you know, there's trust there both yeah. ways, right? Yeah. Because right. if you were there, they were there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so they were putting in the time as well. Yeah. And I guess. Uh, well, I, like, I, uh, there's a the book called The Truth About Leadership. Okay. And it talks a lot about trust. Okay. Developing trust and there's, I, I, Probably some other ones, but I can't think of them right off the top. Yeah, yeah. Of my head no, right now. <laughs> I, I, and I guess like in my brain, like the the phrase that comes to mind is just like being present. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I remember like even I, I didn't go to a lot of I would say because I was like I felt like I was busy enough with my own extra curves <laughs> when I was uh, at Central and stuff. But so I didn't go to like basketball games necessarily because that was like my break in the year to not go to stuff. But I remember going and seeing like regularly seeing you at the game, and that was before <laughs> Crozier was on the team and stuff like that too, or Steph at the game or Scott at the game, et cetera, that yeah. like when I looked at it, I was like, okay, like that's like you're being present. The kids know you're there. And again, connecting it back into parenting and stuff like that too. It's, it's making that effort to be present. Like the kids know when you're there right. and it goes so far to building relationships too. And I, I guess even when you mentioned the start of in this role, like September being kind of like a whirlwind and like getting started up sort of thing, but when you think of how foundational the extra time you put in then, and then the machine gets humming sort of thing that the trust is there and everything right. else starts to get a little bit smoother as you like are present. Right. And yeah. people see that. It's, it's funny, Logan, for, for Karen and I coming to, to, to Moose Jaw, like I was a football guy. She's a volleyball gal. I was a bit of a badminton guy as well. Nice. So, so kind of that, that was our combination. And you always felt like the winter was a little bit more of our time. Well, if you, if you move to Moose Jaw and you're not becoming, you don't become a basketball fan. It's, you know I mean? Like we became basketball fans. Like I think week one, like right. we started going to basketball games and you know, 25 years later, we're still going to basketball games. Like we were in Melford this weekend for, for hoopla. And so I think there's some things that, that, that a person kind of buys into. And then at the same time you start, you, you know, you're in, you're in Moose Jaw and, and I'm at Central and my wife's at Peacock and you start getting into the musicals and you start getting into the music scene and, and all those things that, that become part of um, high school, become part of Prairie South and, and things like that. And there's so many other things that we do now that, that I didn't do when I came to, right. to Moose Jaw that uh, I'm so happy that I got to experience those things, right? right. And, and so I think all those are, are part of, you know, uh, uh, kind of a great experience, you know, uh, living here and, and, and being a part of Prairie South. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, I, I like I like that that is a good uh, conclusion to the to the <laughs> formal part. I want to get into the lightning round now to conclude with this, but I feel like we've 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 probably already covered some of the bases of it. But um, if you're good, we'll get into the lightning. Okay, we had sure we sure had thing. Scott Wicker on a couple weeks ago, and he gave like a but I don't have it queued up yet. But there is me channeling my Wicker right now to cue the lightning round. But uh, yeah, okay. So you're, you're good. Yep, Just I'm ready. Got, got a ready. sip of your bevy there yep. too. So okay. So uh, the first question of it is, which I can infer from what I just said, but coffee, tea. What's the first beverage of the day? Coffee. Coffee. Where from? Uh, we grind our own beans. Okay. Should, yep. Grind our beans every morning. Okay. I should say I grind the beans usually. <laughs> I'm a little bit more of a morning person than my wife, so okay. I'm the coffee guy. Okay. And uh, yep, that's that's how we roll. So okay. didn't didn't drink coffee till I was forty. Okay. And now it's a daily. And it's a yeah. It's a daily grind. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't start drinking coffee till year two or three of teaching. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, this helps. Um, okay. And I guess, do you ever get Timmy's or McDonald's? I feel like I regularly only see Lonnie with Starbs. Uh, if there's no Starbs, I'll go McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, had to do that in Melford this weekend. Okay. So I had to go Don's because I don't I don't know. And it's funny. I, I got a great buddy who who uh, I grew up with in high school who 
who um, runs a bunch of, owns a bunch of Tim Hortons in Saskatoon. He's got too many, but... Uh, Still just, won't support them. No, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go with Don's. Yeah. Just, just, just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't have a but but well, yeah, okay. Um, so black, cream sugar? Black. Black, okay. All right. Uh, what was your favorite subject in school? But I guess we might know this already. Uh, phys ed. Phys- okay. All right. Okay. I wasn't sure it would be the CAD there as we talked about. Um, this one isn't on it, but I'm going to ask, um, where was your favorite place you traveled to in that year off? Oh, boy. Top three. Top three? Yeah. That so makes it easier. Southern China. Okay. Um, I love the French Riviera. When you say like Southern China, like not coast, like are we talking like Nepal mountain-ish? Yeah, area? like okay. uh, Guilin, okay. which is used to be the bottom of the ocean. Okay, okay. So very scenic, Okay, but it almost f- had a black and white feel to it because okay. I was there a long time ago and it was like, they were looking at me like, where are you from? Right. Because I had blonde hair, long, long blonde hair, had, you know, had the mullet going on. Blonde you know, hair? Blonde and long. Okay. Well, made more money in Japan teaching English when they had long blonde hair. Okay. So, huh. Um, Sorry, I, <laughs> I, re- I realize how skeptical I looked at you right now because I've only ever known you with short hair, Lonnie, which nobody knows, Lonnie, so I apologize. Yeah. So I would say Southern <laughs> the China. The absolute doubt on my face, like, ah, yeah, long blonde hair, okay, bro. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved, and I really enjoyed the French Riviera. Went back there a few times. Um, those would be the top two, okay. for sure. Okay. For sure. If I pick a third one. Sure. Like I, I, I enjoyed my time in Japan where I taught in Sendai, northern northern Japan. So really enjoyed okay. that area too. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Um, what was the subject you struggled the most with in school? English. English. Okay. All right. And I married an English Very teacher. stoically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I think we, we established hometown in elementary school. What was the name of the elementary school and the high schools that you went to? So I uh, went to McKittrick, okay. which is in grade four. Then I went to Alexander in grade five. Uh, they had Karen's, which was junior high school in North Belford. Okay. Which is now John Paul II. They converted it okay. to, to a Catholic school. Okay. And then to the uh, comp would North be Belford. where I went to high school. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you had to pick, you could only play or be involved with one sport going future, baseball, hockey, or football. That's watching anything. What's the what's the sport you have to pick or basketball? Baseball. Baseball? Okay. Yeah. All right. So many nuances in that sport that are... I th- it's a bit more of a thinking man's game, I think. Okay. So I just enjoy the nuances. Of <laughs> I feel like every hockey coach or football uh, yeah. coach or basketball <laughs> coach right now is just like, what? But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess this is a quick question then. What do you think about the shift rule in the MLB? I don't know. Okay. I'm they said it's, they're going to be phasing it out, right? Is that that right? You can't, shif- you can't that do right? the shift, I think, in 2023. Yeah. Is that right? but, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's interesting. Yeah. So. Like the Disney hit rule now, right? So yeah. Yeah. the neat things anyway. coming in. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, favorite hobby? Hobby. Yeah. I love live music. Okay. So I love going to, um, um and, and I've kind of learned to appreciate it even more with my wife. She, right. She just guru. She okay. she enjoys it and learned so much from her about music and stuff. So yeah, I just just thoroughly enjoy it. Okay. So you got any concert tickets already yes. purchased and lined yes. up? Yeah. Get- you know the sad one is we got Foo Fighters tickets. We do too. Yeah. So that's. That's a tough one, yep. but we saw him in, the reason why we were going back is we saw him in Winnipeg. It'd be my, one of my top three concerts ever. Yeah. Um, saw them, that was about, geez, I can't remember what year. Right. 20 years ago, I'd say. Okay. Outstanding concert. Which, we saw him in Ottawa, and yeah. yeah, it was it was outdoor, but it was still really, really yeah. good, so yeah. So, but, yeah. so yeah, yeah, them and 
think we got Lumineers tickets. Nice. And okay. we got uh, Chris Stapleton tickets. Nice. Got real good Chris Stapleton tickets. Okay. Going with uh, Dave and Laura Reedy and my wife okay. and I. And uh, yeah, that'll be a, that's something we're looking forward to. Okay. And uh, haven't seen him yet? No, I imagine, haven't right? seen him yet. I feel like he hasn't come. No, I don't think he's come. He's come close, but okay. not, just Around. haven't hit it right. So yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, is uh, I know you're you relatively busy and you like to stay busy. You always got something on the go. I, I remember helping you put in the window at the house the one time, so you always got something going on. But is your uh, is your summer construction company with Chuck Molding ever going to make a comeback? <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Like it's funny because we're moving back to the lake here eventually, and Chuck's out at the lake now too. Okay. So you never know. We might be throwing together a few decks out at the lake if somebody needs. It. Okay. okay. So maybe. Okay. Don't wanna, I don't want to say no. Okay. Okay. Um. So you mentioned uh, like having the diverse thing of all the different trades and stuff. What's your favorite trade? I like metal. It's Me- kind of funny. Metal, okay. I, I, yeah, just anything to do with metal. But I don't do it very often or often okay. enough. But I, I think it's because I spend so much around the wood wood yeah. medium that okay. anytime you get to do something with different, it's yeah. always, I don't know, find it interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, what's your favorite show currently? I don't know if you watch a lot of TV, though. I can't remember. Probably been watching a lot of basketball lately. Okay. You know, the March final Madness. four. I watched the girls' games last night, the women's games. Oh, two yeah. great games again. Okay. So, been watching, yeah, a little bit of basketball. Okay. And, and I th- I'm trying to remember right now, Duke's left. It's Duke and uh, UNC. Yeah, on one side. And, and the other side Arkansas. is Kans- Kansas and, not Arkansas, uh, who's Kansas playing? Illinois. Yes, you're correct. Okay. Villanova. Yep. Who, do you, who you got? Who's winning it? I got Duke in the pool. So, oh, Lonnie, yeah. let's go. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Uh, we'll see. Okay. So okay. hoping for good things for yeah. Coach K and myself. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, we'll go with sweet or salty snacks. What are you going with? Sweet. Sweet. And what's your go-to sweet snack? Chocolate bar. Chocolate bar? Dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Oh, milk chocolate. My wife's a big dark chocolate fan, so it's just, that's a big... If, there, if you, if you get hands. a if you get a goodie bag though, then it's easy to. Oh yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. Yeah, because the only thing is when she goes to the store, we get lots of dark chocolate coming home, and it's like, come on, Karen. Me and my daughter are milk <laughs> chocolate fans. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, and then what's your what's your favorite part of your job? People. People. Yeah, okay. just working with people, and you know, I mean, just trying to help. That's my biggest thing. Is I, I've always felt that I like to think that I can help. And right. That's and you know you need some experiences to be able to help. Right. right? Yeah. So. By, by far, just trying to help people and whatever scenario they're in, good, bad, or otherwise, right? Okay. So, okay. yeah. I love it. And that, uh, that, uh, that concludes the lightning round. Good job. Um, I guess, so um, part of the wrap-up, is there anything else you'd like to add or share? Anything I can plug? I know we we plugged the one uh, contracting company, or sorry, the uh, home inspection company already. But uh, and Buffalo Pound, anybody living out at the lake sort of thing, uh, keep an eye out for Lonnie and Chuck. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll need be, decks built. Yeah, cruising up and down on our boat with some two-by-fours, seeing if we okay. can help people out. Okay, okay. Uh, but no, any, anything else I can plug? I guess the, we talked about, like, uh, if anybody's interested in becoming a bus driver, apply, yeah. it's, it's available right now, and for you're sure. looking for more people. So. We always are, yep. Yep, okay. and it's... Uh, it's, I think it's a kind of a rewarding. The people that I talk to find it rewarding. You know, right. there's a grind to it. Sometimes in the middle of winter, it gets pretty grindy. Right. But, uh, you know, it uh, can really supplement someone's income too. Right. right. You know, if they're just looking to, to help out, we'd uh, love to have them. Right. And I, I, I guess to like, uh, in terms of the reward, and you mentioned people is like something being that's like very, and I, I've, I don't remember a, a day teaching where like, I've had days where I was exhausted at the end of the day, but like, I also don't remember a day where I didn't have a wonderful interaction with a kid. 
right. in some regard, right? For that, sure. That that's something sure. that's cool. Like, and yep. the, yeah. the enthusiasm and energy that kids bring on a daily basis, I feel like you get to see that in that role too. So certainly yeah. I would something say. It, it's kind of neat when a bus driver brings in their children into the office because you don't see them all the time. So it's kind of neat to have that little interaction. I had one guy who was a, was a big hockey card guy and he brought a couple, he found out it was a Habs fan, brought in some Habs hockey cards. So <laughs> then I had to do some, I had to go to Tim Hortons and buy some. Just the cards. Though. Just the cards, please. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the guy told me well, if you buy a coffee, they're cheaper. Okay, I guess I'll have a coffee. <laughs> give it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't. I forgot you were a Habs fan too, so yeah. I, I didn't realize you and Steph had that common ground. Yeah, I forgot. We did. Okay, that's tough. <laughs> tough look. Um, okay, well, uh, with that all in mind, then I guess the only thing left is to to thank you for coming on, Lonnie. Um, I, I said it before, but, um, genuinely I, I, I feel in general, I've been very privileged to have, uh, got to work with a lot of different administrators who are exceptional and wonderful people who, um, I feel have been very open with me. But when, when I hear you say that is something central to philosophy, I can't emphasize enough that, uh, I, I, I do hold you in very high regard and that it did very much came, come, come through true, um, when we got to work together. So, so thank you for being the, the wonderful leader that you are, not just for me, but for other people in the division too. And thanks for everything that you've done for, for students and people in Prairie South. So yeah, thanks a lot for coming on too. No problem. You know, it, it, just, just one last thing. Erdogan. You learn, you learn a lot from the people you work with and I got, I got to work with Scott and staff. So very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Lonnie. You bet. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, yeah, hope you hope you heard and enjoyed a bunch of the different challenges and the appreciation for the transportation department of our division. But like, oh, here to Halifax every day. What a trip. Um, I get like, what a trips. Uh, all of them, some of them all put together. But um, just some, some of the stats, like I, I like numbers and stuff too. When you hear like eight, eight mechanics, 107 routes that are running, um, regular routes on a daily basis and whatever it was, 150, 150 drivers. Um, like, wow. So that's a big department, you know? Um, and obviously from the, like we got to know Lonnie a bit more. I didn't, I didn't realize how much he traveled. I knew he'd worked around a bunch of Saskatchewan and growing up in and around North Battleford as an example, but I didn't realize his like globe trotting experience that I didn't, or I maybe forgot, didn't remember that he was in Japan and in China. And um, I think he said French Riviera and stuff too. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, what I liked about that and why I draw attention to it is I think he articulated nicely uh, the importance of exploring different contexts and how it kind of gives you different perspectives on things and whether that's on a global scale, which I think he mentioned, but also um, even just on a divisional scale. Um, being in a couple different schools, as he said, uh, in different roles throughout the division. So um, <clears throat> a couple of things Lonnie mentioned um, and building trust, which I'm sure you've heard as a theme regularly um, to leadership as we've ended up talking about leadership a lot in this pod so far. But um, yeah, the, building trust is a significant piece to it. And we talked about time a little bit as well as something that was a significant piece. But I, I guess it's important to mention too, like the the balancing act required of what's the right amount of time to give to, to others and to students while still managing and creating some time for yourself as well. And I, I think it's something that, uh, well, it, it, I'm very sure Lonnie was the one who said it to me earlier on in my career that like time is the, the most valuable thing you have to offer, give to people, but it's, it's a finite resource that you only have so much that you can, you can give. And some of that needs to be dedicated to yourself and your family and others too. So Finding that mix, I, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all solution to it. Um, Lonnie does mention, I think, at the start of his career, like or start of even in his role and stuff like that, sometimes you need to invest a little bit more time at the start if you're able to. 
and it has some, some sometimes has some positive long-term ramifications to your interactions going forward. But um, certainly uh, uh, talking about even extra as we did, like the amount of time that uh, any, any people in uh, education or even outside of education put into stuff that uh, when we're looking at extra is something that you may not necessarily get a monetary reimbursement for. It's definitely, uh, like I said, a balancing act to navigate. So, Within that, though, I, like we touched on the significance of daily interactions, whether it's uh, extra cur or within just any sort of role or working that we do. And I feel like that's been kind of a theme, like the importance of daily interactions um, just with kids or with uh, our colleagues and stuff. And I guess um, <clears throat> when even putting that into the idea of like the, the people we interact with and the, the leaders that we learn from and inspire us maybe to help uh, help others and contribute in education, as many of the people listening to this probably do, um, I guess... Yeah, I just want to acknowledge again the the significance of those interactions when you add those things together with time and building trust and stuff. It's something that uh, has ramifications towards edu- education in the future, regardless of the role you're in. That I don't know, being positive or being friendly as that first piece that people see if you're a bus driver doing a route in Musha or from Assiniboia to uh, farm near Assiniboia or something like that, like those things add up and they make memories and they can in turn actually contribute to people who are going to be a part of education in the future and help make more memories in this cool little positivity cycle that exists uh, in our society. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, finally, I guess I, I want to mention Lonnie too. It wasn't something that came up, but Lonnie has this, uh, I feel like a, this, this wonderful natural calming presence to him. Um, like I, I've obviously <laughs> coaching with him. I've heard him get passionate and stuff like that. Not to say he isn't passionate other ways, but just like Lonnie's, I'll use Lonnie's word because I feel like we use the word mystique a couple times, but Lonnie's mystique about him has like a, a naturally calming aspect to him too. So I feel like that's something personally I could probably model a little bit better because I'm normally, if I was describing my brain on a daily basis, it's sprinting from one direction to the next pretty much erratically the whole time. So Probably something when we're talking about uh, identifying things from leaders in our lives and maybe translating them into something we can use. That's something, uh, yeah, when I think of Lonnie, maybe I could probably channel channel some of my inner Lonnie home sometimes to, to slow it down a little bit. Uh, I feel like I'm a lot at times, so sorry to everybody. There's my loud apology maybe that, uh, that there's me actually apologizing. It could be a lot, so I'll try to be more like Lonnie for some of you that I interact with, so... Um, apart from that, like I said, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, from the interview, I'll give you some suggested resources or reads. Um, Lonnie mentioned the book, The Truth About Leadership, which the the full title based on the one that I, I had found afterwards is Truth About Leadership, The No Fads, Heart of the Matter, Facts You Need to Know, um, which from what I gathered from it, it's quite research-based, which is always a good sign, um, by Posner and Kuse. I don't know how the pronunciation goes there, but, and I, I, bumped into slash got to talk with Dustin Swanson and Ryan Bowen the other day. They mentioned uh, another leadership book that they thought was good, which it's a little bit, uh, got some harder topics in it sort of thing, but can't hurt me by David Goggins and a trillion dollar coach, I think is one that uh, Ryan mentioned when we did that interview too, that are some good ones to explore. If you're wanting to explore leadership a little bit more, as we kind of talked about a little bit in this interview. So, um, Apart from that, like, I hope you enjoyed it. I always say, like, hey, if you have any questions or things you want, uh, feedback you want to give, you can send me an email at petlock, P-E-T-L-A-K dot Logan, L-O-G-A-N, at prairiesouth.ca. Hit me up on Twitter at Mr. L Petlock. And um, if you are listening and if you want to be on the pod sometime, please let me know. Um, or if there's cool things happening in your school community coming up uh, that you want to share, you know, let me know. I think we're getting towards... Uh, 
probably this will be out in Mayish that we're going to be getting into track season. Um, in badminton season right now too, but uh, weather's getting better, days are getting longer, temperatures getting warmer. Um, so spend more time outside as best as you can, enjoy it. But uh, if you got any cool things happening, let me know. Um, oops. Uh, finally, so wellness highlight. I, I we're gonna go with the positivity piece again. Is so how can you begin and end your first interaction of the day with a student or colleague positively, much like the bus drivers of the division. Uh, for Prairie South, provide for our students daily. What's the what's a great way to close the day for somebody else, and what's a great way to open the day for somebody else? So, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you. This concludes Episode 8, so I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening, and, of course, thank you again to Lonnie for coming in and talking and sharing his, uh, his experiences and what he knows about transportation so far. I wonder if we get him in in a couple months. Maybe he'll have some even more stuff to share as he finishes out his first year in the role, but... Um, yeah, apart from that, subscribe, like, share. If you like it, please uh, please share, okay? Um, give it to a student on a, a bus to deliver to a, a farm or something like that to get the get the, get the the word out there about the podcast. Appreciate it. Um, sorry, that's me trying to get some sort of way that's relevant to the, to the bus transportation-y type thing to get it uh, transported around. Transport the idea of this podcast to anybody, however you got to do it, okay? I guess play it, play it on the bus so everybody can hear it too. Um, finally, uh, our acknowledgements. So learning together is recorded on the traditional lands referred to as Treaty 4 territory, uh, which includes the original lands of the Cree, Ojibwe, Soto, Dakota, Nakota, Lakota, and is on the homeland of the Métis Nation. At Prairie South, we respect and honor the treaties that were made on all territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past, and we are committed to move forward in partnership with Indigenous nations in the spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Our music is provided by my good friend, Kiana Berger. And again, as always, thank you so much for joining us and learning together. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great rest of your day. Can you say bus?